Hello, I'm Charles Bowman and welcome to this, our latest episode of Off The Agenda. And today we are in the City of London, a commercial powerhouse and international hub for financial and professional services, home of the Bank of England and many other financial institutions. And I'm delighted to be joined by Jackie Wright, a British technology executive and chief digital officer and a corporate vice president at Microsoft US. She has had an extraordinary career that has spanned the public and private sectors. Jackie Wright is widely regarded across the world as one of the most influential women in the tech industry. She was listed at number six in the Powerlist 2018 rankings of the most influential black people in the UK, and again at number four in 2019 and 2020. And this year, she ranks number one, following on from the previous year's holder, Sir Lewis Hamilton. For her continued rise in shaping digital transformation and innovation in the tech sector. And as we continue to highlight those whose own careers pave the way for the next generation of leaders, it is my great pleasure to welcome Jackie Wright to Off the Agenda. Jackie, um, welcome. And first of all, may I just say thank you. Thank you so much for sparing the time to be with us on Off the Agenda today. And, and I'm going to start, if I, if I might, uh, going back to you were born in London. You grew up in, in Tottenham, an area which had had many local issues um, and moments in history, Boer Water Farm, uh, riots of 1985, and of course the starting point for the 2011 riots. And what I wanted to ask was really what it was like growing up at that time uh, there in the community, the challenges you had to face, and perhaps the opportunities it might have presented too. Yeah. And so, you, you know, that era was, you know, post or during post Enoch Powell era, uh, era of a major influx of Caribbean um, people from various parts of the Caribbean. So I think starting out a strong sense of community, especially centered around the Caribbean community, uh, we had community centers. So, you know, I went to a center called the Paul Bogle Center, which was a community center centered on, on really helping us recognize and know and acknowledge what it was like to live in the Caribbean, learn about Caribbean lifestyle, because I was born in the UK. So, you know, I've never been to the Caribbean, but gave you a sense of where you came from. And it was really focused on that. Um, we had eras of West Green Road, which was really a Caribbean community where people bought their food. You know, there was um, Dyke and Dryden, the, the most well-known travel agency for going to the Caribbean. So there was a real sense of a Caribbean community. Now, I would add that I think there was a lack of community relationship between the police and the community. So I think that, and it manifested itself in many different ways. And um, I also think there was this, you know, this notion of um, race and race relations and how that manifested itself. Um, there were pockets of, you know, integration, but there were also pockets of separation. And I think, um, as I think about it, what separated myself from maybe someone else, maybe family structure, um, you know, a strong sense of values, uh, 
knowing that education was non-negotiable. You were going to university, there were no ifs, ands, and buts. Was it like something you had to think about? You knew you were going. Um, my, my dad and my mother really focused on creating that sense of family, uh, family structure, you'd have dinner, Sundays, you know, uh, and the traditions that they brought with them were instilled in us. And so I think when I think about my, how I was raised, um, and I look back on that, that set the foundation for everything else. You referenced family, um, Jackie, and your father had a strong career and worked in the Royal Air Force, the RAF, but later decided uh, that the family might migrate to, to, to the USA, essentially seek better opportunities. And I, as I understand it, uh, he believed there perhaps weren't enough role models in the UK for young people at that time. How, how did that shape your vision uh, and aspiration as a young person at that moment? I, I, I think, you know, as my father envisioned or even saw in his mind was that what the U.S. was going through was what the U.K. was going to go through. And I think, you know, he's, he was partially right in, in that regard. And hence this rallying cry in the U.S. where leaders started to emerge. Martin Luther King, you know, Malcolm X, the, there were mod role models that started to emerge. He thought that that those types of role models, the role modeling, if you can see it, you can be it, you know, that, that was an integral part of how we would be viewing ourselves, our ability to gain confidence in who we are. And I think for me, it has shaped me wholeheartedly. I, I'll use an example, you know, I worked at one point for GE and my CEO was a black man, a man of color. How many exist? Very few. Um, and he even helped me as a sponsor and a mentor and gave me my first CIO role. This notion of being able to see it and recognize your role in that, um, it, was, it was for me transformative. So great foresight on behalf of your father. And of course, when you arrived in the US, you went to the City University in New, New York. And I was keen to actually understand how different that educational experience in the US was compared with your earlier experiences in, 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 in the UK. And actually, perhaps what were your motivations for studying com computer science? So I didn't start out um, as a computer science major. I started out as a political science major because I, again, I, I, I was somewhat like my dad, wanting to solve these problems, which were inherently about making the world a better place and the injustices that occurred. Um, and I fell into technology. And, you know, different from the UK, uh, you're able to change your major. It might take you a bit longer, but you change your major based on your learning and you, what's evolving in, in your environment. And I think that was integral for me to be able to then embrace technology, which is what I've done and embraced it throughout my career. And Jackie, you, you've held many senior positions in global organizations, most notably uh, in Microsoft, where you appointed corporate vice president and now hold the position as chief digital officer. I'm keen to understand how you've adapted to becoming a leader in an industry where few women have occupied senior and boardroom positions. As I think about leadership, I think leadership is in each and every one of us. It's how it manifests itself based on what you're confronted with, the opportunities you see, the injustices and, you know, how I as a, a, the only person in the room, as I go into this room, um, what am I compelled to do to make sure that others 
don't feel the same way and not treated the same way. And I think that leadership trait has been embedded throughout my life as, as somewhat the ethos of who I am. And as I think about how I've done it now at scale, um, it has it's really brought upon me this compelling desire to want to make sure that I do that for each and every person that in society. Tremendous. And you've advocated for ethics in technology and diversity in, in the workplace all throughout your career, um, leading to many organizational uh, initiatives th throughout. I was, again, keen to ask, what are the key transformational projects uh, that you are most proud of and have made perhaps the most significant impact in the technology sector? I'll start with a most recent one, which is a program called Accelerate, which is about going into underrepresented communities to skill, reskill, upskill, and really focus on economic development. And so we go into a community in partnership with government, in partnership with the pub private sector, in partnership with academia, create a curricula around the skills that are needed in that community. Um, and then in partnership with learning partners, focus on the training, and then with the corporations, create a pathway to employment. Non-traditional, whether it be apprenticeships, internships, you know, summer programs, but really creating a system around raising the, the economic improvement, social mobility, of a society, of a community. And that really, for me, with technology at the core. Um, and what better way to remove the barriers through technology with an ecosystem in partnership with everyone? Um, and the outcome is a better outcome for everyone. Indeed, and actually one of the issues that the globe faces at this moment in time is exactly that, inequality, digital skills, gaps, and so on and so forth. And it's fabulous to hear what you have been doing through Microsoft. And many private and public organizations are doing tremendous work. Keen to understand what technology industry can perhaps do to help address that imbalance. And it's not just tech companies, you know, every company has a responsibility to embed in their purpose and mission to help communities around the world to war thrive. You know, our mission is to empower everyone and every person on this planet to achieve more. And that means creating a system, working in partnership in a country with government, with the private sector, with academia, to focus on the existential challenges in that country to then make sure that we improve the country from all aspects, geopolitical, economical, societal, the full aspect. And every company has a responsibility to do that. And the technology companies even more so because they can bring to bear the products and the services and the solutions to help do that. Fantastic, so purpose, collaboration, and technology at the core. I get that message very, very clearly. Uh, digital inclusion um, in emerging technologies is, is really critical to ensuring a fairer human-centered fifth industrial revolution. Um, what's Microsoft's positioning in re with regard to this, some of these complex issues of, of privacy, security, and accessibility? 
and it's a Microsoft, but it's Jackie, you know, the values align here. You know, privacy is a fundamental right, a right for all. Uh, when you think about security, we have a zero trust. That's how we go in to make sure and ensure that trust is at the heart of everything we do. Accessibility, we build accessibility into every product, every service and every process and every company, every organization needs to think about that, how they engage with their customers, with their partners and make sure we remove the barriers so that everyone can participate in this digital transformation, this digital inclusion that we want. And then there's the ethics. Um, when you think about technology as responsible AI and ethics at the core, we have to do all of that in an ethical way. Maybe moving forward a little bit towards the sort of the future, and we, we all stand on essentially on the front line of responsible innovation, if I can put it, put it that way. But from your perspective, I'm keen to understand where the technology industry is moving towards and what what will Microsoft and the tech industry look like in 30 years time? Yeah, I, I, I wish I could. I wish I had enough foresight um, to do that. But, but, you know, I would say if I think about the macro level, I think this, this emergence of the physical and virtual world coming together enables us to solve problems in ways we would have never thought before. Um, if you think about such things as healthcare um, and the ability to virtually understand it, it, you know, miles, thousands of miles away to then be able to solve the problem at scale. This notion is the phenomena that we really are starting to see. And I think technology will become more and more embedded in a virtual and physical way that will help us transform how we do things how we solve the problems of the world. And it's exciting times for us, but there are also cons. And you also, we also have to recognize the ethical elements um, and making sure privacy is at the heart, data, information, misinformation. We understand the ramifications of those things as part of it. And of course, it's moving very, very quickly at this moment in time. Absolutely. The pace of change, the amount of data we have, the proliferation, that is more than we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Tremendous. Jackie, looking at, at you yourself, you've recently been listed as the number one in the power list of the most uh, influential black people in the UK. Previous winners being the likes of uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton, Sir Kenneth Elisa, and Baroness Scotland. And you were also chosen by the BBC Radio 4's Today programme as one of their seven uh, chosen uh, guest editors over the Christmas period. How cool is that? Uh, fantastic. But I was keen to, again, to understand how you will use your growing influence to shape opportunities and ensure there is a, a clear pathway forward for the next generation of leaders to follow in your own footsteps. So I think there are two things. I think every opportunity I get, you use that opportunity to help folks understand what it's like to be different. Um, the Radio 4 example, I went back to a, I went to a school in Tottenham and spoke to the students and helped people understand these students are no different than any other student in any part of the country. Um, I see my responsibility, you know, I'm really truly humbled and honored by the award, 
but I do that quietly. And so how do I now use my, my platform at scale to do the things that I've always been doing, to open a door or a window, to bring people through, to build awareness of what it's like to be different and help people understand what it's like to for other people's lived experiences, um, to be an advocate and a sponsor, to really challenge structural things that need to be changed to improve our society. And then to just role model so that people, you know, this notion of if you can be, you can see it, to continue to role model so that people can be inspired to want to do and want to be and have the confidence to do that. That's a brilliant answer, and I shall remember that expression, to open doors and windows to bring people through. Gosh, I wouldn't forget that at all. Leading me to my final question, um, if I may, and that's a question that I ask all, all of our guests, and it's particularly relevant today in these really challenging and indeed frightening times as we wake up to uh, terrifying news in Ukraine and, and, and more. But what are the lines of support? What's the encouragement and advice that you would give to the younger generation to give them a sense of hope and aspiration as they start out in the world and on their own career journey? So as I look at, you know, the the, the younger generation, Gen Zers, the millennials, you name it, uh, I, I see a phenomenon that I don't think I have seen before, at least in my lifetime, where globally the purpose, mission and values of that generation are the same. And they have an ability, an innate ability to raise their voices where they see things that are occurring that should they should change or want to be able to change. Example, climate change, social injustice, political unrest. At scale, they've used the social media, they use the power of technology to raise awareness, to build camaraderie across the globe to be able to do that. So what needs to happen? We need to empower them. We need to listen to their voices. We need to create the opportunities and the pathways for them to make change and us being the conduit for that change. And I think if we recognize that, I am truly confident that this world will be a better place. So I'm encouraging them to continue to use your voice, continue to use all media and platforms to be able to challenge where we are today and we will continue to empower you so that we can make a better world. What a fabulous way to end, uh, Jackie. That sense of common purpose, mission and values, as you put it so clearly, so articulately, and give them the sense of empowerment so that their voice can continue to be heard. Jackie, thank you so, so much for sharing your story with us on Off the Agenda today. We thank you enormously for that, and we wish you all the very, very best with your career path ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's been an absolute honor and privilege to speak to Jackie Wright today, to hear her inspirational story in terms of her own career path and journey. Thank you, Jackie, and thank you all for listening. That's all for me other than say, as always, stay tuned for more conversations, great discussions, and inspirational guests. Thank you again and bye for now.